us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning. It's great to be back with you today. I've had a little break from the show and from my office. I've just returned from a pack trip in the Kananaskis region of Alberta. Um, the province of Alberta has done an amazing job of making the beautiful scenery of the mountains and the gorges and waterfalls accessible um, for everyone to see. I traveled with three girlfriends and we visited Lake Louise, Athabasca Falls, Maline Canyon. Um, thanks to Heather at Oxley Ranch, we rode horses on their ranch. Um, and then we did a three-day pack trip on horseback into the mountains with the help of the outfitters at Boundary Ranch. And when we started up the rain, up the uh, mountain, it was raining, and then we rode into sleet, and then into hail, and then it snowed eight inches. Um, now the tree, the snow on um, the trees was just beautiful. Uh, this was less than two weeks ago, so this is August. And we learned that the weather can change rapidly in the mountains and reach extremes. Uh, the sites that we rode up to were just fantastic. It was the most amazing vacation. And if you haven't visited Alberta, you really should do so. Uh, my sincere thanks to Tanya McIntyre uh, from The Good News Only, uh, who hosted the show and did an amazing job while I was away. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that show, um, it was called What Would You Do If Money Was No Object? Uh, so check that, um, go to the A to Zen website and, uh, and check out the show from last week because um, it's great. Uh, you won't want to miss it. My guest today is the Reverend Canon Linda Nixon, and our topic is, Can I Make a Difference? Um, many challenges affect us all. Whose responsibility is it to conserve the environment? Whose responsibility is to ensure that our children are educated, that our neighbors have jobs, that children are fed? Does it matter if I'm informed? Do my values really make a difference? What influence do I have? Sometimes we feel that we have no significance when it comes to these big issues. Uh, Reverend Canon Linda Nixon is the rector of St. James Anglican Church in Cambridge, Ontario, and is a founder and co-chair of the Anglican Diocese of Huron's Enviro Action Committee. Prior to ordination in 2005, Canon Nixon was asked by her bishop to start an environmentally focused committee. This group was created to nurture and facilitate the turning of creation care goals into practical challenges that could be addressed and resolved in the parishes, homes, and communities of Huron. Through a grassroots approach, EnviroAction has achieved gentle but effective change across the diocese. Linda's refocus has turned to faith-based advocacy. The Huron Diocese comprises over 200 churches stretching from Windsor and area to Port Dover and sweeping north to Tobermory. Good morning, Reverend Linda. Good morning, Lynn. Now, I, did I, you... Go ahead. 
I was just going to say, uh, congratulations on your trip in Alberta. We were out yeah. there in June, and the weather does change very rapidly <laughs> yes. on those mountains. And, and where did you visit when you were there? Well, we were on a whirlwind trip. We went to Drumheller. We went to Lake Louise. We hiked up to the tea house. In oh, good that, for you, uh, yeah. It's quite a hike. It is quite a hike. <laughs> but it was absolutely spectacular. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we hadn't really planned, but when we got there, um, you know, say, oh, 5.5 kilometers, yeah, we can do that. But we weren't really thinking how long it was going to take to go uphill for 5.5 no, right. kilometers. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it was uh we we laugh about uh we laugh about that uh that walk because uh, of course we all thought we were quite fit. <laughs> you know, no. people were a, a lot of people were passing us. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and we too, Bill and I made every excuse to stop. Oh, look at that flower. I need a picture. Yeah. Oh, look yeah. at this view. Yeah. 15 feet up the mountain. <laughs> yes. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. I just need to wait a little bit for my friend. And <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh dear, sorry. Yeah, anyway. and so and and of course there's you know it's all tourists. So I mean there's you know there were some um, some Swiss tourists and they just they just like sped past us. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hilarious. And it, and we'd ask everybody on the way down, you know, is it? Uh, are we almost there? <laughs> and they'd say, Oh, just around the next bend, or just just over this hill. <laughs> and they lied. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was uh, it was an amazing trip, and uh, the Can- the Canadian West is uh, is just amazing. It um, it made us all wonder why we're all so anxious to leave the country to vacation because uh right right it it um you know as far as far as views i don't think they're they're matched anywhere no, no. yeah anyway, so sorry to derail you <laughs> oh no no that's uh, i'm i'm always uh, i'm talking about the trip to everyone that uh, everyone i talk to cuz it uh, it was such a a great trip we we had an amazing time uh with three girlfriends who are all interested in the same things um you know there was there was nobody saying well I want to do this and you know you'd have to you know accommodate something that you didn't want because we all wanted to do the same thing so you know a lot of hiking a lot of horseback riding um even tax shops we went <laughs> you know if we went to a store it was horse related as well so it was and I, I never laughed. I never laughed so much in uh, in ten days as I did <laughs> with those guys. <laughs> it was great. So my little challenge today is to where to begin the discussion because it's a big um, it's it's a big subject. Um, Linda, the problems we see around us seem to overwhelm us to the point that we believe there's nothing we can do. Uh, could you comment on that? Well. I I certainly understand that as a person that gets overwhelmed from time to time. But I keep coming back to um, the idea that every individual has something that they can contribute. You know, the tiniest thing can make a difference. And I think it was, um, was it Margaret Mead 
who said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And uh, so when I come back to that quote, it helps me get organized in the advocacy work that we do because uh, as you introduce the Enviro Action Committee, it's six people. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And and through through that, and primarily my co-chair and myself, uh, direct and are supported by the, the four others, and they give us ideas. And so within this group, we come up with ideas and projects, and the execution of them involves many other people, of course. But it's that constant gathering of those six minds to brainstorm, to encourage, to think outside of the box. So when when you take on something like the environment and trying to get people to engage, it doesn't take a lot. It just takes consistency, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, Now, uh, you introduced me. I am a reverend, and when I look at Scripture, I, I see Scripture in the New Testament that says, with man things are impossible, with, with God all things are possible. Um, maintaining that confidence that uh, we do have a creator that is with us. You know, his steadfast love endures forever. So from a faith base, and I fail at this miserably from time to time, you know, you turn you turn to your your um creator to just say, Look, I I can't I can't do this. I mm-hmm. I need some help here. And and I think that has really helped maintain my journey, mm-hmm. and I would encourage that for others to investigate that as well. Mm-hmm. If it's not part of your of your routine or your your life journey, you know, it's something to consider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, what you've said is we need a change of habits. Um, is um, you know what I've what I've heard you say too. Those little things are, you know, that's changing our habits. Some of those little things that we do consistently, right. um, and uh, and looking to uh, looking to God to make make these things possible when we feel that um, that it's not possible to to uh, affect change. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's just that con- that tenacity, perhaps as well. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the committee has taken an awful lot of tenacity. It's been running for ten years, so uh, that is important as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a a bit of a new role for the church to take as well. Oh, especially concerning the environment or being politically um, engaged again. Yes. I mean, there there was a time when the church was very political uh, or politically involved. You know, leadership in our countries or in our communities was centered around the church. Mm-hmm. And we've moved away from that, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, rightly uh, and wrongly. <laughs> right. There's, right. There's, there's something to be gained by being in partnership. No one entity taking 
absolute control. Mm. And so I uh, I believe wholeheartedly in collaborative efforts, working together from faith-based and secular-based or interfaith-based and, you know, supporting one another mm-hmm. and looking to the common goal or the common concern and bringing all voices on board. That's, that's great. one of my big irritations with our government. Um, when I see partisan politics, you know, right, right now everybody's trying to undermine the other yeah. <laughs> instead of saying, okay, well, we have this issue. How can our parties work together to resolve it? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that's a, we're a long way from we're a long oh, way from long that way. ideal for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that comes back to when we feel overwhelmed that <laughs> there's nothing we can do. But it is yes. it's, it is uh, yeah. definitely a, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's it, um you know, when you look at the politicians, you almost think, you know, you're that it's a bunch of children, right? But there's no you know, like where's where's the maturity and where's the Yeah. I almost anyway. expect them to say, you know, Oh, he's breathing my air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He looked at me funny. <laughs> it does pretty sad. Pretty sad. Yeah. Um Listen, time is flying right by. It's time already for us to go for a break. So we'll go for a quick break, and we'll continue this discussion uh, after this quick break. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Step Right with Lynn. I'm your host, Lynn Wedham. This is A to Zen.fm. Today, my guest is the Reverend Canon Linda Nixon, and we're talking about having influence. Linda, you believe that we should take our responsibility to vote very seriously. Why is that? Well, if we have a government that is going to lead us, we have a concerted need to be part of the decision-making process. And we like to believe that we live in a democracy, and a democracy does suggest that we have that opportunity, that privilege to participate in making those decisions. And when we abdicate that responsibility or that privilege, then we're really not getting a 
very clear picture of what the majority of the population is hoping to attain or to achieve. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, when you have values or ideals or concerns that you really feel strongly about, then you should be participating in the conversation. Again, it's that collaborative effort that I mm-hmm. think is very, very necessary. I think a lot of a, a, a lot of people um, maybe doubt whether that vote really communicates um, their values and what they think. I, it I seems, that. you know, because there's there's so many issues. So you choose a party on one issue, but there's so many. Well, there's an interesting tool online that I I just saw on Facebook, actually, and uh, it's um, I can't remember what it's called, but it helps you choose issues. It gives you two issues, and you have to choose between the two of them, and some of them are very, very difficult. Hmm. So you choose between them, and then after however many questions you want to do, I think it would go on infinitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mm-hmm. did fifty of the, wow. the questions. And it it showed me which political party I tend to lean towards. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. So yeah. Rules like that and and, and I I did I did something like that. Um we we studied what the idea ideology of the parties should be um in in college too, but I find that um sometimes you find that there's not a lot of difference. Like they don't really, sometimes they're not really sticking to their ideology. Right, yes. And that is that is a conundrum. And I also believe that it's it's difficult when we have to vote locally for a mm-hmm. federal position as well. Um, you know, we get very strong candidates or people with wonderful integrity and intent, but they're mm-hmm. standing for the party. <laughs> <laughs> that may right. go against uh, something else that we believe. It is a very complex uh, issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To make. The big thing is to be informed, you know. Okay. Like, to take voting seriously, you have to take some time and pay attention. And, right. And listen, listen to the issues, listen to the candidates, push them. You know, we can email, we can call. We can write letters and push mm-hmm. them to get answers on particular stands for for different issues. That's what we've had to do with the environment. We want to we want to know how the each party is going to affect change. You know, say with the carbon mm-hmm. the carbon taxes or you know the reducing of the consumption of fossil fuels and things like what is each individual party hoping to achieve. Mm-hmm. And, and you can push them with emails and, and letters and phone calls. <laughs> well, not get well, anywhere, but Yeah, and I, I I I think it's important, you know, when you say to be informed, you've got to take some time and you've got to go beyond um, you know, what we're getting in the media. Absolutely. You know, like the the headlines, you know, just don't um you know, just don't tell us the story, and you almost feel like they don't think we're smart enough to, 
you know, to understand the issues. Yes, yes. And that is that is an irritating factor, again, on, on election time. And we have to just see through that and, and really be vocal. I think the more people are engaged, the harder our candidates are pushed to coming with real answers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it is work. It is, you know, it is an effort. Mm-hmm. But I think it's an effort that's that's really worthwhile. Right, right. Um, yeah. My daughters and I were discussing the options for the upcoming election, and um, <laughs> just within my nuclear family, there's a lot of different, <laughs> there's a lot of different <laughs> ideas right there. <laughs> Yes, right there in too. in that six people <laughs> there's yes. a lot of different ideas and um one of my daughters expressed this that um and I believe a lot of people you know would relate to this and that is could it really make a difference like she said what does it difference does it make if i don't use plastic bottles or i'm recycling um, but the natural resources in our community, such as water, are being sold off. Um, you know, how can we look at our individual vote and our actions as important when big corporations have, you know, a lot more impact on the environment, for instance? Mm-hmm. I know, and, and that is a very legitimate question because we do have bizarre things happening. The Nestle company, can I say product names on the air? Sure. Um, You know, they are looking to buy fresh water. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it is such a scam, bottled water. I'm just going to get fixed on that for a minute. In the Mm -hmm. sense that the water that you buy in a plastic bottle, you're buying 100% convenience in the mm-hmm. sense that the water is no different than mm-hmm. uh, your tap water. It's probably not Well, good. you know what? A tap is pretty convenient, too, Linda. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a tap and a reusable bottle is very convenient. <laughs> you know? Uh, it, it's it's mind-boggling why we do this bottled water, and it's all about money. It is purely... Yes about we've convinced the general public that they need to drink so much water and this is the way they can have it. Right. So easily accessible, you know, if you're mm-hmm. not near a tap, whatever. Uh, now, that plastic, of course, being a petroleum product, needs to be recycled properly if we're going to keep it out of landfill. Mm-hmm. So that's the next bugaboo about plastic bottled mm-hmm. water. Yeah, and we I think it was every every year or something we used as many plastic bottles would, that would actually cover the surface of the ocean or something some bizarre mm-hmm. statistic mm-hmm. like that and I believe it because one concert I think I told you in the last interview one concert after you know 10,000 people left the acreage was covered from one end to the other with plastic bottles. Wow. Plastic water bottles. And yeah. instead of recycling them, a bulldozer came in and scooped them, well, not a bulldozer, a front end loader, whatever, came in mm-hmm. and scooped them up and put them in a dumpster. 
Yeah, with all the yeah. other garbage that was left behind. So anyway, um, why why does it make a difference? It makes a difference, I think, to our own integrity. It makes a difference because it does make a little bit of a difference if we could get more and more people doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, then it comes back to the advocacy against these companies that are coming in and trying to strip our natural resources, um, making millions of dollars on our need for convenience. Um, So, you know, if we take away that as a collective group of citizens, (laughs) then we can make a difference. Mm -hmm. So each Mm -hmm. individual gathering together is... uh, definitely helpful so yeah and i guess every time i choose to take my glass bottle and every time i choose um you know to refill that from a tap that is one plastic bottle um that won't end up um somewhere else for sure um Um, yeah um, that plastic in the ocean, I mean, they were, uh, that was on the news just this morning about the amount that, you know, the the amount of plastic they're finding in the fish. Um, yes. So, you know, why is it in the ocean? I mean, obviously that's plastic that is not being, um, you know, handled <clears throat> handled properly and no priority given to how it's being disposed of. You know, packaging is another part where there's a lot of, you know, a lot of plastics used. Now, one thing, when we were out west, um, a lot of places um, you would find that there was a place there to refill your bottle. Yes. See, we um, took away public water fountains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe because no. of the piping. Maybe the the piping was going to be too expensive to replace or... There'll be some sort of explanation, I'm sure. But public. I mean, you think it's financial? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) This little bit of cynicism popped in here. Ah, dear. Anyway, yes, I do believe it was financial. And Uh uh, so, yeah, we can make more money by selling them bottled water. And yeah, yeah, it is. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Raiola is, is commenting in the chat room um, that she was at a music festival this weekend. Um, they wouldn't let them bring in their own bottles. Yes, but, and but that's he, because but, they're checking for yeah, alcohol. Well, oh, sure, of course. <laughs> I'm so naive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and that uh, you know, she said many people did did refill the bottle that they bought inside at the water fountains. Um, right, right. You know, so so I I guess we're becoming you know more aware. Um, more education is needed, but we are becoming um, more aware of. Um, we are of, and that's that's why I would remain hopeful. You know, mm-hmm. it is overwhelming, but it is changing. Right. Um, so, Lynn, people from a variety of different faiths um, do have common values, and you know we're concerned about a lot of the same issues. Um, do you see any hope of people coming together to influence change? Absolutely, absolutely. I've had 
wonderful experience uh, with interfaith dialogue and seeing our Muslim brothers and sisters and our Jewish brothers and sisters gathering together on these same topics and issues, you know, locally and nationally, internationally, just as we are in the Christian church. So, and then we talk to one another. We're sharing resources. Uh, We just, um, well, I think I talked to you about the iftar, and it was amazing just how intentional and cooperative the different faiths can be when it comes to issues like water or or uh, pollution or the electoral challenges mm-hmm. that we have so yes and i think we have precedents for over history there has been many many opportunities for different faiths to work together mhm mhm that's great um, it's time for us to go for a break again, so I think we'll we'll just stop there and uh, we'll continue after this break. Um, we'll be right back. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Len focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Len every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. to our show today called Can I Make a Difference? Uh, my guest is the Reverend Linda Nixon. Um, and as far as can I make a difference, um, we've talked about our impact and our influence, um, why we would stick to things like um, the little things that we do to protect the environment. Um, and, you know, Linda has said, you know, it's a matter of our own integrity to know that, that we're doing the best we can. Um, she talks about the power of many people and many people coming together to make a difference. Um, and I'm also hearing, you know, that we need to be sure what our priorities are um, and that, um, you know, profit is not the only uh, priority um, that we, you know, that we value um, when it comes to um, some of these issues. Um, Linda, there seems to be a belief that in order to protect the environment, we need to give up jobs. Um, in other words, that we could have a strong economy or we could have a healthy environment. Where does that idea come from, and do you believe it's true? 
Well, in my humble opinion, I believe that comes from corporations that are making billions of dollars. Right. Um, uh, so I think that's that's where that comes from, but that's that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I I think if if we step back and look at world history for a minute, you know, there's always been shifts in economy priority on production and there are always going to be very affluent opportunities and not so affluent opportunities and i think in our society uh, we are very center focused on ourselves and so when my job is threatened for the Mm. greater good it's scary it's really Mm -hmm. scary and I, I mean, I come from a family of three siblings, and we're all married. So, in a pool of eight people, only one has had employment steadily without interruption. Wow! And I think, I think you know, that's a statistic that is historical. Um, I don't think it's anything new. Mm-hmm. We have had glitches in the automotive industry. We've had glitches in agribusiness. Um, you know, so like yeah, for all, sure. Yeah, so all industries have their heyday, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. I think the fossil fuels and the oil industry has certainly had their heyday, and it's not like we can live without fossil fuels or petroleum products because Mm -hmm. we're so dependent on many of the things that are made by them. So industry isn't going to shrivel up to nothing. But there are elements of it that will have to change, that will have to sacrifice or just rethink how they're doing things or look into different opportunities for jobs in other markets, you know. Alternative energies are getting more and more interesting and capable, Mm -hmm. but there's much more that can be done, much more research that needs to be done um, in production. Mm -hmm. So I think we don't have to sacrifice everything (laughs) to bring things back in balance. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there is a sacred balance. It's, it's like we moved from the hunter-gatherer period of human history into an agrarian form of uh, existence. And the, um, the shift created farming, right? Mm-hmm. So, that, mm-hmm. so that we could produce so cities could exist. Uh, people didn't have to be out in the bush every day <laughs> gathering their food, those right. sorts of things. But even our farming now, I was listening to a a show on TVO. I, I watch that a lot. And they were saying that the, the balance is such that uh, the most population in the world, the highest population in the world of animals are our cattle, 
our pigs, Mm -hmm. and our chickens. There is Mm -hmm. no other species on the planet of the Earth that has the population they do. Right. And I found that a little overwhelming. I mean, I I had to sit back and think about that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we've sacrificed other species' existence in order to gain that sort of lifestyle that we've become accustomed to in the industrial age. Right, right. And when you talk about shifts in economy as well, um, you know, the shift from, you know, agriculture to manufacturing, um, now the speed of change is really, really fast. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so so what I'm thinking is, you know, if we if we don't apply some values, um, and just allow things to change, we have, you know, the environment just being one issue, but you know, th- we we can go in the wrong direction really really quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and. and- it is a little terrifying and a little overwhelming again, just how quickly things can change. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, as you say, if we maintain integrity and we're purposeful about the things that we choose, it it will be it will be good. I mean, we're moving from the industrial age into the information age, and we're we are in the information age. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I think that's part of the the problem, the tension that we feel when we talk about changes to in industries that we've been so accustomed to, is that we're already in the information age. And so we're going to have to let go of parts of the industrial age mm-hmm. in order to, to keep things balanced. So it's, uh, I think... Part of part of our responsibility as thinking human beings is to be aware of of world history mm-hmm. um, and our social and economic history, so that we can see patterns, so that we can avoid pitfalls, maybe make some better choices. Mm-hmm. And from a faith base, we we have that as a responsibility. You know. Okay. Um, because when uh, we talk about voting and being informed, um, we are called in our Christian text to support our authorities. Right. And so if we're going to support them, then we better choose them very carefully. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, <clears throat> because it's a difficult thing to do sometimes. It is. Um, <clears throat> you know, to to support them when we feel they're so far removed sometimes from um, mm-hmm. from our realities, I guess. <clears throat> well, uh, the our primate in the Anglican Church just uh, put out a, a wonderful, wonderful tool, and it's called an Anglican Approach for Election 2015. Wow. Compassion, <clears throat> Justice, and Reason. And so he has given us this wonderful tool to use in the Anglican Church, and it covers topics 
Well, the the overarching headline or topic is bridging divides. And so he addresses homelessness and affordable housing, mm-hmm. child poverty, intergenerational inequalities, steps on the journey of reconciliation, caring for creation, a new dialogue for restorative justice, a new dialogue on diversity, inclusion, and interfaith cooperation. Wow. Promoting peace and stability, welcoming the stranger, refugees. Promoting peace and stability stability is investing in a fragile world through international assistance. And partnerships for peace in the Middle East. And then gives us uh, a little guideline on how to have a successful meeting with your MP. Wow. (laughs) It is a phenomenal document. Wow. uh, I certainly will be sharing this with my congregation. Mm Mm-hmm. And anyone Um, else who may be interested. Yeah, that was a lot of issues. (laughs) (laughs) It is. And so it it is... uh, it's not weighty at all because it's uh-huh. it's a couple a pu- couple of paragraphs describing the issue each one yeah yeah mm-hmm. and a couple of paragraphs reflecting on the anglican experience and then uh-huh. suggestions for our perspective okay so if i flip to creation because that's my uh-huh. baby <laughs> yeah um he said in this, he suggests that one of the questions I could ask my candidate or my MP is, um, in 2009, Canada committed to reduce its greenhouse gas emissions by 17% from 2005 levels by 2020. The G7 Leaders Summit in June 2015 committed to phase out the use of fossil fuels by the end of the 21st century. There is not, as yet, any plan of action to support these commitments. What will your party do to help Canada live up to its stated commitments? So, you know, it's right here for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's right here for us. as Ang- And then there's resources in this document as well. Wow. Wouldn't it be awesome if every voter... You know, going back to that thing you saw on Facebook where you answered the questions to choose issues, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be awesome if each voter chose two issues to get involved in out of that list? Yes. Yes. Um, You know, you could, you could, um, you could envision some change happening (laughs) if that were to happen. Yes, because, you know, we can't, it doesn't help to have a scattergun approach. Right. Uh, you know, uh, by focusing on one or two things that you feel passionate about, maybe even three, that you feel passionate about and investigating and being informed, then you can have these challenging and intellectual conversations with our politicians. Right. And let them all know that we're not as dumb as they seem to think we think. are. Yes. <laughs> Because we're going to vote on nice hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the family pictures, too. The fa- I always like the family pictures. Of things. 
all those beautiful family pictures they put in front of us too. <laughs> Just to make us, he's got a really nice family. <laughs> well, it's time for us to take another short break, and uh, we'll try to wrap up after this break on a very big subject. a contribution that you dream of making. In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Len focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atozen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. This is Lynn Wadham on AtoZen.fm. Our guest today is the Reverend Linda Nixon, um, and we've been talking about some very weighty subjects um, this morning. Um, and we've talked about, you know, possibly um, that it might be our duty to choose um, a few of the issues to become uh, more aware of and maybe more vocal about. Um, it's been suggested by someone in the chat room um, to hear as well. Eleanor says that, you know, making that choice of, you know, one of the issues that you might choose to get involved in um, could lead you to being a part of a tribe or part of a group. Um, and that's what we've talked about as well, is that a group um, is the... Um, you know, is the way to affect change on these issues as well. Um, so, Linda, how would you like to wrap up? What would you like um, people to really uh, understand um, from our uh, discussion this morning? Well, we've covered an awful lot of ground in a scattergun kind of way. But yeah, I think yeah. it it was really, you know, we want to think about the upcoming election and how we can make a difference by voting, by being involved, and not to let ourselves be overwhelmed. And I, I know that that is easier said than done, trust me. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it uh, it helps to just kind of educate ourselves, and there are um, resources out there to do that. You can... Uh, you can just simply Google your MP um, or your candidate's name and uh, pop up, and you'll get, you know, to the party, the party's information and, and things like that. There's addresses there where you can write. There's phone numbers you can call, and just participate. You know, we don't have mm-hmm. to be um, 
stand, you know, stand buyers. <laughs> What's the word? Right. Yeah. Bystanders. Yeah. Bystanders. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was close. Yes. <laughs> but we we don't have to be bystanders. We can right. we can participate in this in any way that we choose, either by demonstrating, like I did in July, or writing a letter, or just following along in the in the newspaper, googling on the web, taking an opportunity to go to candidates meetings. I was actually hoping to have an all candidates meeting here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For our area, and and uh, just keep your ears open and mm-hmm. your your mind focused on what's really important. Right, and profit to me is not. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, what the overarching arching goal? Yeah. Well, I mean, jobs are important, and jobs are important to individuals, but. Um, you know there are companies who who balance both. You you talked about balance too. Um, there are companies who um, who do balance both. Um, you know and are, do take a responsible um, approach to um, um, you know to, to the environment, for instance, because that's you know we've talked a fair bit about that. Um, isn't isn't there a quote as well something about when good people do nothing um, I I don't know uh, I don't know who yes, who I that don't know is you're referring to <laughs> Yes yeah because when when good people do nothing um bad things happen or something like that Yeah 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 um so you know, you're you're suggesting we we go to uh, the internet to form those opinions um, that we should make our wishes known. Um, when are you going to share that information? Um, you know that those. Uh, will you just direct your your um, your congregation to those um, to that list of issues with the descriptions? I will be emailing it out to my congregants. Oh. Um, and I also put some hard copies here in the church for people to pick up. And mm-hmm. it's, it's here in the church then if people, you know, wander in for other events that right. they can look at it. Because I have a, a bulletin board display of current events or issues or... Okay, well, if, if, if it's not a secret then to your group... Um, if you'd include me on that email, that'd be great. <laughs> I will definitely do that. Sounds like sounds like each of those is something that we could discuss, right? Every one of these points, yes, because you know the poverty issue, refugees is uh, another thing. Restorative mm-hmm. justice. There are so many issues that the church is. Well, the church is guided in the Anglican Church of Canada. We're guided by the five marks of mission. And caring for creation is is one of them. It's the fifth mark of mission. So I've always used, you know, take the fifth as my gentle way of encouraging people to look at caring for creation. So in the Mm -hmm. Anglican Church, our five marks of mission are to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, to teach and baptize and nurture new believers, to respond to human need by loving service. So that's where... 
mm-hmm. the uh, the structures come in to seek it to transform the unjust structures of society. Wow. Again, res- restorative justice, refugees uh, would fall in that category. And to strive to safeguard the integrity of creation and sustain and renew the life of the earth. So these mm-hmm. these five marks are something that I believe the primate has uh, intentionally and prayerfully considered as he put this document together. Well, that's that's wonderful. We're going to have to wrap up um, now, Linda. Um, how could people reach you, for instance, if they wanted to ask you for a copy of that document or if they had other questions for you? They could email me. That would be the best, I think. Email me at rector, R-E-C-T-O-R, at St. James, S-T-J-A-M-E-S-A-N-G, so it's stjamesang.ca. Mm-hmm. It's all over and uh, and if anyone um, had my contact information wanted you, we, we could certainly um, get you uh, connected as well. Um, Reverend Linda, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, we wish you well in uh, in your work bringing awareness to the protection of the environment uh, and the steps that people can take. So uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you again sometime. Well, I would really like that, and I found your quote. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And who did it? Who's quote? Who quoted it? Uh, Edmund. <laughs> okay, okay, I don't know who that is. But anyway, that's great. Uh, thanks so much. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again. Uh, remember, you can always send me an email at lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T. Uh, I'd love to hear from you what you think of the show, uh, challenges you're having with your uh, with your finances as well. I'm here to help, so give me a shout. This is Lynn Wedham. The show is Step Right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time.